Do we as sneakerheads think the sneaker companies actually care about us? Let's discuss this week on Fire Footwear. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Fire Footwear. As always, I am your host, Matt Freights or Matty Ice, whatever it is that you want to call me. I'm just happy that you are here tuning in every single week, and I hope that you are enjoying yourselves and enjoying the content that I like to put out here. Last week, I talked about collaborations, and that was really inspired by the news of Union doing another Jordan 1 collaboration and also on the heels of their AJKO release, which is happening very, very soon. And I talked about just collabs in general. Are they happening too often? Are they getting watered down? And at the end of the day, how do you feel about collabs? And do you feel as if they should be something exclusive? And while I had a topic for this week that I wanted to talk about, and with the Super Bowl coming up, I wanted to talk about athletes and their connection to sneakers because I think there's a lot of fun history that can be talked about there. Some things happened in the sneaker news that I actually wanted to talk about and really replace this week's topic with because I think that it's important. And while this podcast is meant to be fun and this podcast is meant to be talking about something that we love, there are real life things that take place. And I think that it's good every now and again on this show for all of us to have some sort of a a sense of introspection and sort of a reset. And I wanna do that today, and I wanna talk about where we are in sneaker culture. And I mean we as the sneaker collectors, the sneaker wearers, the sneaker lovers, because sometimes I think we sort of get lost in all the releases and all the talk about releases and everything. The story that came across my bow, there was really two, but we're gonna start here. The story first that came across my bow was Nike suing Bape over their Nike-inspired designs. And they're talking about trademark infringement. And one of the quotes that I saw was that Nike was suing them for, quote-unquote, diluting the brand of Nike. I find all of that funny because, as we know, Nike is one of the most recognizable companies in the world. There's no debating that at all. We all know who Nike is. The Nike swoosh is synonymous with Nike. It's one of the most iconic logos in the world and we all know what it is. And so for Nike to say that another company is diluting their brand, I find funny. And the reason I find it funny is because if you look at all the sneakers that have come out over the last few years, all the sneakers that come out every single week, if anybody is diluting their own brand, it is Nike because Air Jordans do not nearly have the same exclusivity as they used to. Everybody has Air Jordans and anybody who wants them can basically get them. Bape has been designing shoes since the early 2000s. And I think about that Kanye inspired college dropout It's not really an Air Force One. Their shoes look like a lot of Nike silhouettes, and I will at least say that, that a lot of their shoes do look that way, but they're not intended to be a 100%. They're not intended to be basically be a copy of it. And they've been doing this for a while. And Nike has sort of been letting it happen for years. Now, I've seen conflicting stories that talk about Nike having spoken with Bape and talking about cease and desist, and they just sort of let it go on for years and years. And I think the reason that that has happened is because Bape really wasn't putting out the silhouettes and colorways at the frequency that was really getting Nike's attention. And now with sneaker culture at a fever pitch, they're capitalizing on it. And I can't really blame Bape for that whatsoever because why wouldn't you? You're trying to make money and capitalize on the consumer. And right now the consumer is the sneaker consumer and we are consuming sneakers at an alarming rate, right? So why wouldn't you? 
Nike and others though benefit from these collabs in my opinion, because I think that if you're somebody who is into sneaker culture, even if you're buying a BAPE release in a BAPE colorway, it doesn't preclude you from actually buying a Nike silhouette or an Adidas colorway or a Puma colorway. I think that you love all sneakers and all of us have preferences. We either like Nikes or we like Adidas or some of us like both, some of us like one or the other. Every sneakerhead is different in the way that they participate in the culture. But I feel like if Nike was really serious about being quote unquote for the culture, they would just turn a blind eye to this sort of thing and let everybody win. Yes, financially, BAPE is making a lot of money, and maybe there's an argument to be had that Nike is losing out on a little bit of money because they're not getting sales from Air Force Ones or what have you, but maybe if Nike was making better Air Force Ones, we might be buying them up at a little bit more of a clip. I'm not gonna say that that's necessarily true, but for Nike to say that they're losing value is kind of ridiculous. And it's funny because Nike is global, and now all of a sudden with sales down, when you're talking about stock remaining on the shelves, and I mean the virtual shelves, not every single release is selling out. We did talk about that like a month or two ago. And all of a sudden now, Nike seems to be worried about suing all of these other entities that seem to be cutting into their profits, whether it's StockX, whether it's Adidas, and now it's Bape. They seem to be just going through lawsuit after lawsuit to try to get back some of their street cred, I guess, and get back some of their consumer dollars. But that's not really what's happening here. The other story that came across my bow was something that has been happening at SneakerCon. And SneakerCon is something that I've been to. It's sort of a traveling circus of sneaker content. And obviously there's a lot of resellers there. That's the one thing I will say. SneakerCon to me was very, very disappointing. I know that they marketed it as something for sneaker lovers and all these people coming together and everything, but it was really just a glorified place for all these people who are eating up all these shoes to resell them and make the maximum amount of money that they can. And it's really giving a lot of false hope because if you're going there thinking that you're gonna get something for retail, you're gonna have to pay the same that you are on StockX and in some cases even more because there's now that human interaction. But one thing that has been added to SneakerCon that has been making a lot of news, I've seen it on Twitter and Instagram and other places, and I did put something on my Instagram, at FireFootwearPod is the handle for that if you're looking for it, that asked a fundamental question about whether this was something that we should be concerned about. And I got some feedback on that and had a nice little back and forth with some followers on Instagram. So a big shout out to you if you chimed in on that. But what we're seeing now is essentially people paying $300 for a chance at real heat. There are these mystery boxes that they are selling as, hey, pay $300 and maybe you will get something very, very valuable. What we see on social media a lot of times is basically the best outcome. We've seen one person get the Black Phantom Travis Scott's or something like that. And what we know though, and what we've seen and heard through all these stories on the internet is that basically people are getting what is considered the equivalent of their $300 back, but they're really not getting the kind of chances that they think that they are getting. And I think it's one thing for adults to put their money into that, but what I think is happening more often than we're comfortable with is that kids are spending their money. Maybe these kids are spending their parents' money, I don't know, but these kids are spending money and they're thinking that they're gonna get something. And there are a lot of shoes that are being doled out in these mystery boxes that are hard to sell or flip. And in today's reselling culture, people are definitely looking to make a buck. And I think what has happened here is that it's really a microcosm of the warped expectations and use of money with resale and hype being such a big part of sneaker culture. Now, reselling has always been a part of the culture. And maybe I haven't fully understood that as somebody who hasn't been as immersed in the culture over the years as a lot of other people. And maybe you're listening to that and this is you. But reselling used to be selling to your friend. You'd go and buy something and maybe make 10 bucks, 15 bucks, because you were doing your friend a solid by going out and buying that shoe and then selling it back to them for a little bit of a premium. 
that's not what it is today. Reselling became a side hustle, almost a full-time job for a lot of people. And the amount of money and time and resources that people have put into it has far and away exceeded what people used to do back in the day. Especially now with the online presence, you can just go online and get as many shoes as you can get your hands on, many different accounts, different devices, and then you can go and sell those on the resale market. And a lot of the shoes that come out are majorly hyped now, and those majorly hyped shoes, an off-white release, a Travis Scott release, something like that, is gonna garner a ton of money on the resale market. The profits that you're going to make from it and the upcharging that people are going to do is basically going to pay a lot of people's bills. And all of this is to say and make you think about, should we be reconsidering our participation in this? The other thing that I saw that's related to mystery boxes and also to Nike suing Bape was Nike coming out or the information being handed out that Nike had made $19 billion over the last five years. On another podcast of mine, I did give a stat that Jordan Brand initially gave Michael Jordan like a $3 million contract for five years or a $5 million contract for three years, hoping that they would recoup some of that. And now I think they make $5 million like every five hours or it's some crazy stat like that. I can't remember exactly what it was. But point being is Nike is making a lot of money and a lot of people are trafficking in this and making a lot of money. These people at SneakerCon, when gambling is not allowed, but a mystery box, hey, pay $300 for a chance to get something, that sure sounds like gambling to me. SneakerCon supposedly is not making money off of that, but they're allowing people to traffic in that, allowing people to traffic in the hype. Nike is trafficking in hype by continuing to release shoes and continuing to collaborate with people like Travis Scott, make limited supply so that we can't get them. But that makes me think that could we be spending our money a little bit more wisely? And Nice Kicks, which is a great follow on Instagram, and I've also seen it with Talks with TJ as another great follow. She's wonderful. She talks a lot about investing your money and that a lot of sneaker heads only see the sneakers that are coming up and how they can make a profit from them, but aren't realizing how we're spending our money. I bring up the Nike making $19 billion thing because Nike is 100% eating they're not going to be hurt by the fact that we are not buying sneakers. They're just continue to produce and produce and produce, and we're still giving them our money. No matter how many times we come away disappointed, no matter how many times the quality of a release seems like it's not on the up and up, we keep giving them money. And maybe it's money that we don't have. I don't know if there are statistics on this in sneaker culture or not. It'd be a fascinating study as something that I used to do in my work life, but wondering how many people spend money on shoes that they aren't spending on something that they actually need to. Should we be rethinking how we're spending this money? Should we be taking the money that we were going to spend on shoes that we didn't get and investing it? and investing it in the companies that are making a lot of money off of us. And that was the part of it that I thought was very fascinating. Now, I'm somebody who does own stock in Nike because during the pandemic, when all of the stock market crashed, basically, I sought an opportunity to invest. And I generally will invest in companies that I support. So I support Nike very heavily. I have a lot of Air Jordans. I do love a lot of the sneakers that they put out. And so in my mind, I thought, why don't I invest in this company and make a little bit of money off of them? Because they're obviously making a ton of money, not just off of me, but off of everybody that participates. And I wonder where we would be as a sneaker culture if we thought that way. I think most of the time when we don't get a release or we don't get a shoe that we want, we go to the interwebs, we go to social media and we get on the commiseration train and start complaining about the fact that we didn't get it. Oh, another sneakers loss. Oh, another shoe that I didn't get. And I think there's a lot of people who kind of get sucked into this trap of complaining about sneaker culture when really in the end it just becomes a numbers game. It's supply and demand. 
there's no way that Nike or Adidas or Puma or whoever is gonna be able to keep up with the kind of demand that sneakers demand today. And that's using the same word twice. But my point being, there's way too many people going after these shoes and for different reasons. Not everybody's going on the sneakers app every week to try and get wins so that they can resell it. A lot of people are trying to get it so that they can wear it because maybe they haven't been able to get a pair of sneakers on the sneakers app or maybe they haven't been lucky or maybe they just discovered sneakers. But one thing that I do know, the pressure to be a sneaker head is definitely very, very high. And I think it's worth thinking about and maybe reassessing in your life, do you have to be a sneakerhead? Maybe you haven't been one, maybe you just discovered sneakers, or maybe, just maybe, there's one pair of sneakers that you see coming out and you just want and like that one pair. Wanting and liking and owning one pair of Jordans doesn't mean that you have to be a sneakerhead. It doesn't mean that you have to be obsessed the way that a lot of us are. It doesn't mean that you have to spend the kind of money that a lot of us do. For me personally, I spend money on myself after everything else is taken care of. And maybe that seems fundamental, maybe that seems obvious, but we know this in this country that there are a lot of people who misuse their money. I have family members who misuse their money. They make plenty of money to be able to eat at both tables, but they don't make sound financial decisions. Investing in yourself is not just about your mental health, it's about your financial health too. And the money that we're spending on sneakers could definitely be spent in a lot of better ways. And I think maybe we should be doing that. Think about all the shoes that you want to go out for this year. And this is not some moral conundrum. It's just think about how many shoes you want to go out for this year. It's probably a lot. For most people, it's probably well over 10, maybe even a couple of dozen. You think about the average price that we are paying retail for these sneakers, not even in the resale market, but just retail in general. And we're talking about thousands of dollars on a given year on something that we wear that wears out. It's not a sound investment. How could we be reinvesting that money? Maybe we should be thinking about taking money away from the companies that are making money off of us. So you know what? Nike doesn't get my $200 this time, but I'm going to take that $200 invested in Nike, and over the course of time, I'm gonna get more back from them. I can tell you that I've spent a lot of money with Nike. The amount of money that I've made off of their stock is very, very closely creeping up to breaking even, and that means that I'm winning in the end. That's what we should be doing. I wanted to sort of set the tone on this and reset a little bit because I think even this show, as much as I try to be different than every other sneaker content creator out there, at the end of the day, what gets me listens and what gets me likes is talking about the shoes themselves talking about the access that I have, talking about the shoes that I have in my collection. That doesn't define me as a human being. There's so many elements to who I am, I think, that are important to talk about. And through this show, I know that I can talk about many different things and I can focus on sneakers as being the thing that you come here to listen to me talk about. I think it's important, though, that you listen and understand that who I am. And every so often, I kind of want to step back from the culture as it is and look at it from that big picture view. And I think this is a perfect opportunity with these stories out there. If you're somebody that has spent money on a mystery box thinking that you're going to get something special, you have been had by that false hope. If you're somebody who is spending money on sneakers that you don't have or need for something else, investing. I think a lot of people find investing to be very scary. They don't know how to do it. It seems very daunting because yes, investing in the stock market can be seen as sort of globalized gambling in a way or legalized gambling. But really, it's about making smart decisions. And really, at the end of the day, that's what we want to be doing. So maybe the next time a sneaker release comes up, think about what you have going on and think, how could I take this money and spend it in a much better way? Maybe in a way that actually is more healthy for me. Maybe I won't be so negative when I don't get the shoe. Maybe this money will go toward a charity. Maybe this money will make money for me in the future. 
will fuel my kids, will fuel myself, whatever. Whatever dream that you have, maybe the money that you're spending on sneakers could actually be put toward that endeavor. For me, I've been buying a lot less sneakers because I'm putting more money into this podcast, into creating content. That's an expensive venture. But again, all of that is after I've eaten, after my stuff is taken care of, my bills are paid, my kids' tuition is paid. And that's what the most important thing is. Don't forget, these companies, you don't mean anything to them. You are just another cog in the machine. You're a wallet, you're an ATM card, you're a credit card, whatever. However it is that you pay for these shoes, that's what you are to them. And it may seem like they care about us because they're putting out shoe after shoe after shoe and we're getting more opportunities to get sneakers. And yes, those sneakers are a catalyst for you to be a part of this culture and this community and have friendships based off of it. Many of those things are good, but don't make the mistake of thinking that you are not the product. We are the product. Nike is treating us like the product. And until we decide to spend our money elsewhere and do something else different, it's always going to be that way. The complaints are gonna be the same. Nike's gonna continue to sue these sneaker companies and designers that we love that are not hurting their bottom line or diluting their brand. What it is is that Nike is just greedy and they wanna keep eating at a table that we're never going to be invited to. Is Nike crazy to be suing Bape now though, is what I wanna know. And if you could invest your losses from sneaker drops in a company, which company would it be? Would it be a company or would it be a charity? I would love to know. Find me on Instagram, at FireFootwearPod. I mentioned that earlier. That is the handle to find me there. The show is now on Facebook. Just search Fire Footwear, a sneaker podcast, and you will find it. Make sure to hit like and follow. If you want to find us on Twitter, two places, at FireFootwearPod is the new Twitter handle. Or if you just want to hit at me, at MattyIceFritz is the handle to find me personally. If you have any questions or comments on this topic or anything else related to the show, FireFootwearPod at gmail.com is the way to do it. If you're listening on Apple and Spotify, please don't forget to hit follow and rate. It means a lot, keeps the show growing, keeps the show charting, and that means a lot to me. Please visit MattyIceMedia.com and support the Matty Ice Media Network, which is where you can find this show. I hope that this finds you well. I hope that this finds you safe, and I hope that it provided you with a little bit of a different perspective than what we normally talk about. We will be back to business as usual next week, but until then, keep it real, keep it safe. This is Fire Footwear. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on Fire Footwear are those of Matt Freights and his guests and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. Fire Footwear is exclusively owned by Matt Freights and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.